a ukulele chord progression heard around the world. (laughs) Choo-choo. To a nipple bra to a $50 million TikTok wedding turned runaway convict. 2023 was an unpredictable year online. That it was. That it was. And today we will be discussing some moments that made us say, wow, that was not on my 2023 (laughs) bingo card. I love this concept. This was such a good idea. Yes. And so we're going to go into a few moments. You guys even sent some in our Discord, which I'm going to talk about. So if you guys ever want to like continue the conversation, Discord will be in the show notes and description. Also, shout out. We've gotten an influx of reviews and subscribers recently. We really have. And we appreciate that so much. I I said last time, but like our goal when we started this channel was by the end of the year to have 10,000 subscribers. And we hit 15. (laughs) So thank you guys so much. And also just comment down below your 2023 bingo card moments that you didn't expect and also other podcasts that you'd love for us to collaborate with or like guests oh, that you want yeah. in 2024. Please do. We want to do a lot of guests at the beginning of next year. Yeah. And I guess to intro us, hi, I'm Coco. I'm Nikki. And this is Share Your Screen. Welcome back. He actually gave me the idea for this episode because you have an episode coming up. Yeah. So this is actually our first ever two-part episode, which is yes. fun. Um, so our next episode is going to be we actually make a bingo card for 2024. Yeah. So it is going to be 24 predictions we have in things that will happen in 2024. So in categories like music, marketing, movies, creator economy, and then wild card. And we're going to physically make a bingo card and then cross stuff off throughout the year and see who gets a bingo first. So it's going to be a really fun episode and we get to compare our theories against each other. Yes. And see who had like the most predictions that came true. Also, we're going to have different predictions and bingo Mm -hmm. cards. So we're not telling each other what our bingo moments are. So when we go over them together in the next episode, it'll be interesting to see if you and I have any similar things that we're predicting. Oh, no. I think it's hype if it's the same, too, because then there can be moments where we both get a point. Yes. You know what I mean? Like as in our race throughout the year. (laughs) Exactly. And just right before I get into the first not on my bingo card moment, we recently went to an event that you were invited to. It was a Billie Eilish event with Greta Gerwig. Mm hmm. And so we're going to be posting a vlog from that. If you guys are interested in like the behind the scenes of our Dude, lives. Dude, I'm so excited to post our first vlog. I felt like a, such a little YouTuber. I know. And <laughs> running around at the camera. Exactly. We had the little camera, my spray tan, like all over the white Sony lens. But <laughs> we were in Paris Baguette, Paris, Paris, and in downtown LA. And we were sitting there filming right. our one of our clips. The Paris of Los Angeles. The Paris of Los Angeles. <laughs> and this girl, if you're watching this, we love you. She walks by the window. She looks at us and she yeah. goes, like, and then she disappeared and she as quickly ran away. as she appeared. Uh, yep. And it when was. the world needed her most. Yes, it was a moment. So we're going to be doing more of these, like, behind the scenes. We have so many, like, anecdotes and stories that we never really have opened up about. But I think that. As more and more happen, I think we need yeah, to like tell them. Totally. So um, that'll be upcoming. But yeah, stay tuned. It was it was a really cool day. A vlog. Yeah, the most chaotic day too. Very chaotic. Now, my first, that was not on my bingo card moment. Okay. Gwyneth Paltrow became relatable. <laughs> she is such a weird figure. I know. And I, this is what I love about her. Okay. And I've talked about, again, I always shout out this pod, but I just 
I I love her like perspective. Shannon from Fluently Forward did an episode about Gwyneth Paltrow and she was like, what I love about Gwyneth Paltrow is like so many celebrities try to be relatable, but that's their mistake. <laughs> they don't need to be relatable. They need to just be authentic. And Gwyneth Paltrow is so like, so out of touch and she owns it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think you could kind of make somewhat of that argument with like the Kardashians even too. Yeah. Like there is something weird about if people care less, even if you're out of touch, if you own up to yeah. it. Like I really think, I think it's more about like the people really hate when they feel like there's this mask that's been going yes. on. Like I think like the Lizzo situation is like a great comparison. How like it seems like somebody who's like a good person can do things that aren't as bad as things the mm -hmm. Kardashians have done, but get more heat for it because people hold them to a higher standard versus yeah. if you're, if you always set the bar low, mm -hmm. then people just really sometimes don't care. Yeah. Or like, I think what I've really learned this year with like a lot of the celebrity scandals was the one thing that the internet hates more than a bad person is someone who lied about who they are. Yeah, even if it's they're a liar. Like, yeah, even if they're like a good mediocre person, if they convinced the internet they were great and they ended up not being great, the internet would rather take the bad person that they knew was bad. No, the internet over loves terrible people. True. We've been done knew this. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it, it's about dishonesty. Yeah. Is really what it is. Is what it is. So Gwyneth Paltrow became relatable this year. And the reason that happened was from a trial where a man, she was at a ski resort and a man was also skiing and they bumped into each other. I forgot about this. Yeah. I was literally thinking that you were talking about the ad that she did. What was the ad? You, you're literally the one who showed me, girl. Oh. <laughs> With the pill, remember? Oh my where God, the blender? Just, yes, where she, the, someone was like steaming milk in the background. And blah, blah, blah. Oh my. So this is a 24 strain probiotic. And um, it's not, not the kind that you find in yogurt and stuff like that. Uh, no, this is making steaming some milk. Oh my God. She had no Big intention. year for Gwyneth. Big year. Big year. But that's what I mean by it was authentic. Like she was like, I'm getting paid to talk about this supplement. Probably got like, in my opinion, I don't know, six figures to post an Instagram story. And couldn't be bothered to refilm the video because oh, no. someone in the background turned on like the like frother. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was so iconic though, because that's like hurt. Like that's authentic. Yeah. Like, and it's real. Like you probably are taking your vitamin while you're like, you know, someone in your life is also frothing and you're like kind of annoyed on like a zoom call anyways. So she went to a trial and it was instead of shying away from a bland Colorado courtroom, which I mm -hmm. think all of us would do, especially a celebrity who knew that it might cost her a lot of money and also was going to be a really rough news cycle for yeah. her if it went bad. Paltrow showed up to a small town, random, bland Colorado courtroom every day. And she sat there at the trial and she ended up, the jury ended up like going in her favor. Yeah. Like it was a, it was like a civil trial, not like a criminal case. It was just her, it, her and the guy. And I guess like what happened is the guy at one point um, said to someone or someone said to him like, oh, that's a celebrity. You can get a lot of money. And so he like became injured on the mountain and was like, oh, no, I can't get up. Whoa. Yeah. I another thing that Allegedly. was not on my 2023 bingo card, but I didn't even put it on this list, but is now it's like I think we're kind of seeing uh, the pendulum swing back a little bit in terms of cancel culture 
for celebrities and like I think having a bit more empathy towards them sometimes like this is a situation Mm -hmm. was a great example when that fan said something and then at first people were like mad but then they were like no like what the fans they're just being mean like she's allowed to you know stand up for herself and um I don't know I just I feel like there's other there's just been other situations where people are slowly kind of starting to realize like Oh, the Johnny Depp thing. That's what yes. I was about to say with Amber Heard. Like, I feel like at the beginning people were so Johnny Depp, but then afterwards people have kind of been like, we should have like looked at this a bit yeah. more, more critically. And I don't know. I just think that there had, and I think that's a good thing yeah. really for internet behavior, just like this very small, but it is growing sense of empathy yeah. online. Totally. That's such a good point. And, um, and with the Gwyneth Paltrow like situation too is, what made it so interesting was that it was like a Parks and Rec episode. <laughs> like at one point, the opposing side's lawyer said that she was Paltrow's number one fan and had like an awkward monologue. It, it felt like she was auditioning to be Paltrow's best friend. But I think you're right. Like it really humanized Paltrow. Like she showed up to court and was like, probably didn't want to be there. But she was like, I'm going to like who hasn't been in a room that they didn't want to be in because of either work yeah. or a, a PTA meeting. Right. Like and it was so relatable and one note about Paltrow that I have to bring up is I read a book it was about Glossier the Mm -hmm. makeup company like the rise and I don't think it fell but the book kind of depicts it as if it's about to fall and they were talking about how Glossier had these like New York City storefronts that were super popular like people would line up like down blocks to try and get in and they said that one of the celebrities that came in once and this is an anecdote, so you don't know if it's like for certain, but is Apple Martin, which is Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter. So she's like the daughter of her daughter is named Apple Martin. Where have you been? That was one <laughs> of like the first like celebrity names. What? That was like, whoa. That's the thing about celebrities, is you know you've made it if you give your child a name, it's such a flex to be like they will never have to apply for a job. I mean, oh yeah, no. So I'm gonna name them Apple. Apple Martin. Oh, it's also Apple Martin. That's one letter away from Apple Martini. Maybe that's why they did it. <laughs> that's why they did. But they like said that's that, crazy. Yes, but they said that Apple and like I relate to this now. If you guys saw my TikTok, you know, and Nikki was there in the flesh. Apple Martin, daughter of two of the biggest celebrities in the world, walked into the Glossier store, got a bunch of stuff, waited her turn, went to the register to pay, and her card declined. And she was like, "Okay," and she just left the store. Like she wasn't like, "I'm a celebrity. I deserve Sometimes this for free." Be like. like that you should be happy I'm here. And I was like, that is so relatable and like real that she was just like, all right. And just left with her <laughs> friends. Anyway. So that was a moment that I was like, Gwyneth Paltrow kind of became relatable on accident. And I think that that was like something I did not expect. I would love to know another moment that you might have on. Okay. Mind. I have one that recently I've been thinking about a lot, which was the rise of AI marketing. Oh, like what? these, um, essentially just using AI to create these fake experiences. So like the Jack Moose purse bus, the Glossier train. Um, I saw one recently. It was a Lego Birkin bag got 1 million views in under 24 hours, but it was completely fake and made by AI. But nobody knew that. And it looked so good. And I thought that like this marketing use of AI is actually one of the few things I'm very excited about Mm -hmm. because I think it's using it well and what it's intended to be used for. Like we don't need to use it for actual replication of creative work where there really needs to be a storyline like TV and music and movies. Like we don't, we don't need that. We don't need that. But 
creating like the amount of work that would have had to go through to create a Birkin bag made of Legos. It would have wasted plastic. It would have wasted company time. It would have wasted people's time. It could have been honestly like a legal thing because like maybe they have to get the licensing from Birkin. Like it just would have not been worth it, right? It would have been a dumb idea. But because of AI, they can do it like that. And it's a really like fun, exciting, cool, nobody gets hurt moment of using AI um, in an exciting way. And it went absolutely viral. such a great marketing ploy. And I'm excited to see more stuff like that, um, so long as it's not, you know, imposing on other people's jobs. But I don't think it is. I think it's stuff like this to me. It's like this is not it replacing the job of a marketer. It's adding to the tool set of a marketer. And that's when I think it's really cool and well done. What was so fascinating was recently the singer law of like Mm LAUV. He's like, anyways, he was the first artist to put out a Korean version of one of his hit songs using AI to translate his voice, which is so cool. Interesting. I I think that we are going to see more of that where maybe next year we'll see a big artist like Drake or like Taylor Swift or someone put out the first version of an album in a different language using AI, but like replicating their voice. And I think like what you said there are ways that AI is stepping on creatives toes, but maybe this is a way that artists can like reclaim it and be like, instead of, you know how there's so many videos on TikTok that's like Ariana Grande like singing like Hotline Bling yeah. and it's like not her. <laughs> yeah. But I think that this is a way for artists to lean into it and open up to an audience that might not have ever heard them. Yeah, and again, I think that's a great use because they are the one doing it and initiating it yeah. and they get to have ownership of it and or like yeah. monetize it. I think it's really a problem when somebody else does it without mm. their consent. Like I think stuff like that's great. And I could totally see that exploding. Cause I remember how huge it was when Mr. Beast announced that he was hiring a bunch of translators mm-hmm. to do dubbed versions of his videos. And those channels gained like, tens of millions of views in months because he was just able to pump out content. Like you're just posting a video every day because there was years worth of of translated catalog. And then he ended up stopping doing it because YouTube updated their um, closed captioning. So now you can, it's like like a bajillion languages on closed captions of YouTube so that you can get subtitles in any language. So now he doesn't dub them anymore. But I could see something like that with music because subtitles is not a substitute there. Like it needs to actually sound the way it's supposed to sound. So that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. Um, Another thing that happened this year that I could not have predicted, and I'm just going to like, we don't have to dive into this because I think it's been beaten like a dead horse, but the ukulele chord progression heard around the world. (laughs) Uh, Heard around the world. I... If you literally sat me down and threatened me and my entire family and was like, how is Colleen Ballinger going to respond to like everything happening right now? I would not have come up with she is going to release a ukulele song. No, the Gen Z version of Where Were You When Michael Jackson Died is Where Were You When Colleen Ballinger released her ukulele (laughs) apology video. Where were you? I Girl, I was at home (gasps) glued to the television. I remember I was in a hostel in France. Me and my boyfriend were laying in the bed and it was like a really long travel day. 
And because we were in European time, not American time, mm -hmm. like I think that's why the video came out for us like 10 p.m. or something. Mm -hmm. And I remember like laying in bed. I finally had Wi-Fi because I was connected to the hostel Wi-Fi. So the entire like three weeks I was in France, like I didn't really know anything happening. Yeah. I was just talking about in our discord, the Titan submersible implosion. Very that's tragic. Yeah. But I remember like hearing about it when I was like landing in France mm -hmm. and then I didn't have a SIM card or like really good Wi-Fi access. And like five days later, stopping strangers on the sidewalk and being like, do you guys know what happened to this? The <laughs> yeah. submarine. It was crazy. It was one of those things where I, it blew up so quick too, because it was happening in real time. Yes. And also I think that we haven't had a lot of events since like the boom of like TikTok internet culture where there's something like that happening in real time. Yeah. Like that's what I think was so fascinating about it was people, there was like 16 hours left yeah. in the tank, 14 hours, like people, you know what I mean? Like that's in why the there was constantly this like content being pushed out about it and people making videos yeah. about it. But yeah, I don't know. Interesting that a, a timeline really yes. can make something go viral. Another interesting thing about the Colleen Ballinger story that I wouldn't have predicted was randomly Vanity Fair like threw their oh, towel in the, the ring. Like puff piece. The puff piece yeah. on her. And it was very bizarre because one, if it was like TechCrunch or like a publication like Paper Magazine or Interview Magazine that maybe leans towards influencers and reports mm -hmm. on them, I'd be like, maybe that's why they're a little bit more nuanced. But Vanity Fair, I was like, what? Like, it was just so bizarre. And it was such an odd hill to die on. And also, I assume it was another example of like with these big media companies we know firsthand, it was probably just like a rogue freelance writer, writer. Yeah. who I looked at his Vanity Fair like writer's profile last night when coming up with this. And after the Miranda Sings Colleen Ballinger story that he published, he didn't publish another story until really recently. So I'm guessing there was like a weird like cooling off period yeah. for him. So that was really bizarre. Um, do you have anything now? No, that I was just going to add that I think that that I don't even I can't even like I don't know what went on with Vanity Fair. It was so weird. It was so bizarre. And something that Adam McIntyre, which if you guys followed the story closely, Adam McIntyre was one of the first dominoes to fall years ago, got a bunch of hate for speaking up against Colleen Ballinger. But then when all the dominoes completely fell recently, which it, this story was really interesting to me, it kind of made me think of like the like the Emma Chamberlain podcast critiques that happened really recently, where what was so fascinating is there was no catalyst. And I think this was one of the first years that we really saw these this heat put on influencers or creators where it was just like an impounding effect. And I don't, I think Emma's is obviously so different and we're a champion of Emma and we've yeah. talked about her, but with the Colleen Ballinger situation specifically, there was no like catalyst. It just kind of happened. Yeah. With the original like criticism. Yes. I think the, I would argue that the catalyst was like the apology video. Like that's when it became mm. so mainstream. Like I the think ukulele. Yeah. Like oh. I think more people didn't know hadn't even heard that she was like being accused of these things, but then everybody heard about how bad this apology yeah. video was and then watched it and then like went to get context on it. Yeah. And I think that just goes to show like when you don't take things seriously, like somebody's people are going to antagonize you for it deservedly. So, and then you're going to make it worse for yourself. Yeah. Like by trying to brush it under the rug and mm -hmm. she literally made it worse. Yeah. Um, my, another prediction that I didn't, 
not prediction. Another <laughs> thing that was not on my 2023 bingo card for this year was we quit our full-time jobs. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> we quit our corporate well, jobs in June. June. The same day, which was not day. even really planned. Like we both knew that we wanted to do this full time, but I put in like a four week notice. And then by the time Nikki and I talked about it and you put in your two week notice, it just so happened that like our last day was like the same exact day. I mean, day. yeah, but also it's like we've been, we knew. Yeah, that's you know? why I was going to say like, I almost felt like I would have predicted this. It was more so that I think we were I think just waiting. the way waiting. it happened was shocking. Yes. I think that's what it was, at least for me. Yeah. And I think that like more so I just feel so grateful for how much support we've gotten. And I always knew, maybe this is what I didn't like really predict or know. Because you never know what two people's dynamic on camera will be. Like Nikki and I, since the day we met, like have been best friends and like really bonded and like talk about like the same, we have the same interests and values. But the first time that we filmed together on camera during mm -hmm. a lunch break, it was like fire. <laughs> like the first video, I think got like 9 million views. Yeah. Remember we it's edited still our it most in the viewed video of all time. Remember we were sitting there. It was like after work, like the office was closing down. Like almost everyone was gone. Like we had finished everything for the day and we were sitting in that one conference room upstairs. So I edited the quick clip of like the Taylor Swift book rumors that yep. we talked about. And by the time I like walked to my car and started the initiation, the video had like a hundred thousand views and I was like, Nikki, like we have to keep filming together. <laughs> like this and is And we something. did baby. Look where we are. And we did. Yes. So thank you. Guys. Um, what is like your favorite and least favorite thing about quitting a uh, corporate structure? Oh, that's such a good question. And I feel like probably so many people that watch us like aspire to one day be able to do yeah, this full time. I think so too. One, the positive, of course, is just the free time. Like, mm -hmm. I will take a week of free time over $10,000 any day. I think time wealth is so much more important than money wealth. Time and wealth no one talks is about the most beautiful phrase. I, I've never heard that before. And I I heard on Colin that. and Samir, so I don't want to take time credit. Wealth, but time a, wealth is more important. You're so right. That is the most important wealth that there is because it's the only thing you can't get back. Yeah. I think in that moment, we became the richest people in the world. And... The but like the downside too, I think is the like how unpredictable it is because there'll be days where I'm like, will I make rent? And then there's days where I'm like, oh, my God, like you get a car, you get a car and you get a car. <laughs> and yeah. I think learning how to manage my money and like learning how to navigate that has always been really volatile for me as a creator. But I'm learning. So I would say just the volatility and the unpredictability of finances yeah. is like and I think also because I would argue that like you and I, and also just like in my own life, like I walk away from some money because I'm like, it doesn't feel right. Like mm -hmm. if this isn't like the right brand that I think I would use organically, I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like really trying to find things that align, or we probably could have been doing ad reads out the gate if we really wanted to with a podcast and like signed to maybe like a hokey mm -hmm. studio that like maybe didn't really understand us or like owned all the rights. But I think we walked away from that to have freedom so that one day it will pay off. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is no price of freedom. Like yeah. Freedom wealth, I guess, yeah. too. Or just like decision wealth, yeah, maybe. It's decision like a, wealth. Like just, yeah, being able to do what you want. I don't know. I think my favorite part about this, you actually gave me this advice in like one of the first weeks we ever met. And I think it's the best piece of advice somebody else has, somebody has ever given me in my life. And I've actually directly quoted it to you, quoted this piece of advice like to multiple other people was like, um, you're like, it's great 
it it's amazing if you're great at your job and and you can be the best at it and you can get you know uh, 10 million views 10 million dollars whatever in your job but if you quit then they will replace you within a week and you don't get to keep any of it and if you really want to uh do something like this forever you need to build something yourself whatever that thing is it doesn't matter what it is it's up to you what it is but like you need to build something that you own and i think i started posting like a month or two after that yeah. and that was just i mean that decision changed my life i was able to quit my job because of it i'm paying yeah. my bills because of it and i think that the greatest part about this decision at least for me was it doesn't even matter how much progress sometimes I'm making, even though if, you know, one week feels like it's, you're moving a hundred miles an hour and the next week you're driving backwards. I am grateful that I'm always working on something that I actually want to be doing for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And that was not how I felt at my job or I think any job I would have had too. Like, I really just don't think that like I, I get so much satisfaction, even if it's like, I remember when we were freaking out, we got 500 views on our first YouTube video. And that's because I was like, Five, those are 500 people for me. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't need to be famous. I don't need to be a millionaire. Like, I don't need any of that. But like, if I'm just building this community around something that I genuinely love and believe in and love to do, then that's what I want to do for the next decade or whatever. So I don't What's know. What's your I negative? Think, um, the instability is really a big one. And I think too, right now, I'm really, really struggling with how isolating it is. Like so much of this is all alone. And I also really like, I think my dream more than to be a creator is to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think I see being a creator as like the way to be an entrepreneur. Um, and I'll always make videos. I love making mm-hmm. videos, but it's like, that's what I want to do. And I had a lot of fulfillment out of like working on projects and a team mm-hmm. structure and, and accomplishing things. And even sometimes having like deadlines and stuff, like it's dumb, but or, or just somebody else who you talk to that could tell you good job on something. Like it's, that is weird not to have, it's weird to have zero feedback. Um, and that's something that I think I really struggle with, but yeah. one day we will scale and we will not have that problem we, anymore. Yes. I, I was thinking about this literally in the shower this morning where I was like, I miss having a coach. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. at least even for me, like growing up doing competitive sports, like I was always working so hard to be like the best player on the team because I just loved having someone older than me that I looked up to that was like, you're doing good or like do this differently. And like, I think as a creator, you don't, maybe your talent manager kind of, but like, we don't really have that as much anymore. I think if anything, I probably look to your approval is very important to me than like anyone. Well, I think we're both kind of the same way. Yeah. But I think that's also the luck and benefit of having a friend who does this Mm -hmm. and why I'm like, I don't think I would have been able to do this alone Yeah, because I just like, not because it's like 90% of the work we do solo, but it's just like the mental mentality of it. I don't think I would have been able to take it. And I need somebody who gets it. I need somebody who I can like vent about the randomest thing or somebody like called me greasy in a comment (laughs) and I just feel disgusting all day. And like, I need, you know what I mean? Like, and if I didn't have anybody in my life who would get that, Mm -hmm. then it, it would have been a lot more difficult for me. I know. God forbid anyone ever found our voice memos of us just like, but honestly, it's really just us like trying to bond and like figuring out this crazy world. Um, Now, something that I want to talk about that was really interesting to me that I was talking about this to someone I met recently and they were like, you should do a video on this. So maybe one day we'll do like a deep dive. Love that. 
the TikTok Senate hearing that happened earlier this year. Yes. This was of, a, you writing this was like a memory unlock for me. Like I completely forgot this happened, but. It felt like five years ago because it was such a it long It did year. feel like five years ago. It was the TikTok Senate hearing was one of the best things to ever happen to TikTok because. Yes and no. But yeah. I agree with you. In some, I want to hear your theory before I, I so, rebuttal. Yeah. No, I'd love to hear your theory. <laughs> for me, whenever I started, so much of my job revolved around TikTok. And I never wanted it to be that way. I never want to be known for one platform because then when that platform's not the cool thing anymore, you're not the cool thing anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was always like, I was reliant on TikTok in a way, especially early in my career. And there were many days where I thought TikTok was going to get banned, especially during the Trump presidency. And oh, I was yeah. like, honestly, like I, I remember messaging one of my bosses once and he was like, don't worry about it. You're fine. But I was like, I had a good run. Like, thank you so much. Cause TikTok was like going down or something. And then it ended up coming back up. It was just an odd day. And I remember being like, I understand if you have to like, let me go. Like I, like uh, this is my job and I understand. Yeah. And so there were so many times where like TikTok was seen. I also think it was quite from a xenophobic standpoint, but oh yes, it so was. many conversations of like TikTok is so bad for privacy, but the irony of like posting that on like meta, I'm like, hello. The craziest part about it was like, they were more scrutinizing of t TikTok and the CEO of TikTok for something that could happen yes. when it already happened with on, Meta and Instagram and exactly. Facebook. I'm like, so what, why are we going harder at the guy who might do it? Let's go at the guy who already did. <laughs> like, I think it's what do because... You mean? And it's xenophobic. It's, it's exactly xenophobic. what she said. It's just rooted in this like... And it was also very rarely, I think, in, in media, do you get a concrete example of two exact... Two people in identical positions, uh, in identical circumstances, except the only thing that's really different is the color of their skin. Yeah. Like Mark Zuckerberg had to go through a trial in front of the exact same Senate committee as President Chu did. And the reaction yeah. to a white man versus a POC man was like night and day. Yeah. Like, and it's very obviously, you know, there are microaggressions all the time, but it's very rare you see it like perfectly in this setting where it's like, the way this group of people treated person A versus the way this exact same group of people treated person B. And I think that was like a very, not even good, it was negative PR yeah. for like the US government. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, wow, these people are so out of touch. It was. And I think going into the TikTok Senate hearing, I remember I actually, coincidentally, the world is so weird. I had a meeting at TikTok the day of the Senate hearing. That's weird. unrelated to the Senate hearing. <laughs> I don't think we could have weird planned that if we tried. At it TikTok was like HQ. doomsday, yeah. but like my manager was like, don't bring it up. So we didn't bring it up. And the team that we were talking to was like business as usual. But I went into that day thinking that TikTok was going to be done by the end of the day. Like wow. I was like, I have to shift careers. Like this is, and then the tides completely shifted. And I would argue since the TikTok Senate hearing in March, I haven't heard one comment or video or viral tweet about TikTok is bad. China wants your info. And whether that's actually happening or not, who knows? But like it really shifted. I mean, the fact that there were thirst trap edits of President Chu, <laughs> yeah. the TikTok guy, yeah. just shows. And then like what it the thing that really summed it up was them saying, one of the congressmen go, So how did TikTok 
connect to the Wi-Fi. I know. I remember stuff I'm like, like that. Huh? And there was one senator that asked a really good question about something legitimate that happens on TikTok, which is the censoring of POC creators. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, oh, you hit the time limit. So I was like, the one good question they didn't even let them go into. Yeah. So anyways, that was just really an interesting moment. Um, I have one other thing that I want to talk about that isn't like, that I kind of have to dive into. And then I have a few more surface level. I'd love to know if you have any more like, 2023 moments. I have one last good one that I was thinking about earlier. Uh, we kind of talked about it last last mm -hmm. episode. Um, is I think we are finally getting the next generation of new music stars, like pop oh. stars. Yes. Finally. I think that, because this is something I talked about. So if you think about the most famous music artists right now, think Taylor Swift, think Drake, think Bad Bunny, think Ariana Grande, Miley. Justin Bieber, any of them. They all all came from 2010 to 2015. Mm -hmm. Like all of them had their rise to fame in that time period. And since then we have really gotten nobody new. Like, and it's not that these people are making bad music. It's just not new music. Like it's not a new artist, new anything. Like it's just completely the faucet turned off. And then I think now we are finally slowly feeling this like next generation yes. bubble up. So like the people in my mind are like Olivia Rodrigo, Sabrina Carpenter, Ice Spice, Pink Panthers, Ray, Renee Rapp, Troye Sivan. Mm -hmm. And not all of them are new artists. Most of them are new artists, but they are all like having their breakthrough, yes. like their biggest peak moment of their careers all at the same time. And I don't think we've had that since Disney Channel. Like the last time that was happening was when it was Miley, Selena, mm -hmm. Demi, you know, th that Taylor, whole generation, yeah. Zendaya, you know, all those people. Um, and then we didn't have that until this is, I think it's starting to happen again, which is very exciting. Um, and it just makes me excited about music again. Yeah, which I think you even made a few viral TikToks about, which was like the Grammy nominations. And this potentially was one of the most competitive years for new artists. So moms. competitive. So competitive. So com I mean, these people I listed are only pop too. Like the, there's so many new yeah. artists that have been putting out like Noah Cahan and you know, yeah. like all, all these crazy artists, Boy Genius. And it's just, it's great. Like, yeah. I'm so excited for new music. It feels like it's been stale for a while, at least for me. I agree. And we're going to do an episode, which I think is going to air before this one. So if you haven't seen it, check it out, about the Sabrina Carpenter effect. Yes. I have thoughts about it. Totally. I have so many thoughts means. about just, like, why all of these people are hitting their breakthroughs. I think even just, like, the next generation of pop could be a... a yeah. Let us know if that's a fun topic. I love that. I also, just to, like, tie up this one as well, I just want to say that... Um, one of the things that I did not expect this year was the Taylor Swift and Ice Spice collab. That was so random, but I mean, it I- It was I, random, but it makes sense yeah. from like a music marketing standpoint. Mm -hmm. They love a pairing of a very, very prominent, already famous artist in a genre paired with somebody who is not famous, but is on the rise in another genre. Yes. It's, so it's like Ice Spice, rap on the rise, Taylor Swift, biggest in pop. Because then it's like the biggest person doesn't feel threatened by this person. And I think it's like the highest audience crossover. Yes. Like big person wants this new young audience from a new genre. New artist wants the scale of yeah. a Taylor Swift. Yes. And it was such a good pairing. And I want to plug the Discord because... I had a shout out, yes, shout out to the discord. I asked them like, what did they think was one of the 
their 2023 bingo card and two people said one was Sabi and then Gary. We love Gary. We, we always love see Gary, Gary in the comments. Shout out to Gary. We love Gary, you. you're the MVP. We talk I about know. you all the time. And you always have like the best comments and questions. You really, you do. But they said that something that was like really kind of unpredictable. I mean, it was predictable, but not was like the rate at which Taylor Swift's celebrity rose this year. Yeah. And I, I knew Taylor Swift. I've known her forever. I do not think since like maybe Princess Diana, we have seen a celebrity on this level of fame. I it think is the, wild. The scary, not scary, the craziest thing about it is that it hasn't stopped. Like the feeling yeah. seems limitless. Isn't yeah. that, you know, like it's at first it's the biggest tour ever in the US. Then that tour goes international. Then they're adding new headliners to that tour. Then she does a movie of the tour. Then it becomes the most sold movie of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, Every opportunity there is for it to expand into something else, it does, and it sets a record. And I think that's what's really, really crazy is, like, we I don't know where the ceiling ends. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, I don't think that we've ever seen someone on this level. And, like, I think I always, when I do predictions, and this is maybe where I have a blind spot, I always think in the lens of it has to be someone new. Mm -hmm. It has to be, I never would have thought that there would be this, like, takeover of someone who's already existed for so long and at times was shunned by the industry and like yeah. really you know awful ways and i've had my own moments where i've been critical of taylor swift but i really respect the way that she's like she didn't try to get new fans this year she just reignited the fandom that was like a sleeping giant yeah and that was the most powerful cool thing i think so many artists and celebrities make the mistake of always thinking they need new fans instead of reigniting the fans that they've had that might be asleep totally and i think those artists that do that always end up having the longest careers yes. like someone i think of like a lana del rey yes. like her entire approach to being a music artist is so counterintuitive like she doesn't promote her music she's not on social media she barely even does like press yeah. yet her fan base is so fiercely loyal devoted you say any like if Lana Del Rey ate a bagel at a coffee shop in Santa Monica somebody would know about it you know what I mean like mm -hmm. her fan base is so loyal and I think it's because of how deep the songs are yeah. the way she writes and because of that too I think it's like you always say this rubber band theory mm -hmm. like the more that sometimes when people pull away a bit it makes people crave them and yeah. when Taylor Swift had pulled away for a bit and then she came back with something like an Arabs tour the, the rubber band was snapping Snapped. back in full force totally now the last thing that I'm going to talk about here is <laughs> this one was so fascinating and I kind of mentioned it to you and you were like aware of it but I think the fact that you don't know a ton. This story mm -hmm. is also hot off the printing press. Like the ink has not dried on the newspaper. Yeah, you literally like, sent me the TikTok this morning. It is the most, it is one of the most fascinating TikTok stories I've ever heard. And again, one of those things where like reality is stranger than fiction. Okay. So this girl, she wasn't even like a big influencer. I don't think she was an influencer at all. Okay. She had a allegedly $59 million wedding that was in France. She's like from, I believe, Texas. And she's a part of a family that owns a bunch of like car dealerships. Yeah. That's what people are reporting. So she had this $59 million wedding and it was so viral even before the, yeah, even before the controversy that we're about to talk about, it was all over my feed and something so interesting. This video came up on my feed. There was a girl who gets paid. She's like a luxury TikToker for like events. And well, yeah. she just got paid to like go to the event. Not like, camera not like she just filmed tiktoks for them and she did an amazing job because these went viral 
Shout outs to her. So viral. I mean, yeah. also like wedding photographer TikTokers and stuff like this. So it's yeah. a thing. I'm not surprised. Also, caveat, especially for the audio listeners, this wedding was so extravagant. They rented out the Palace of Versailles. I know. Which is the largest, I think, castle in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely in France, if not Europe. I just went, yeah, I just went to Paris last month. Yeah, like you were there. Yeah, I like you, you I measured was there, it. So like I know stuff about yeah, it. Yeah, you measured it with your uh, tape. <laughs> <laughs> but they also stayed overnight, which is something that's like not, I don't even know how they did that. Like in Marie Antoinette's bunk bed, but like it was also, it was Marie Antoinette themed. They even had like a Paris, they had a dinner at a Paris opera house. Like it was huge. They even spent like a few days before at this like luxury resort in Utah. It was this huge thing and everyone was trying to figure out what exactly happened, but this is where it gets crazy. Okay. And this is like the perfect story to end on for this year because you couldn't predict it. She ended up deleting her TikTok privated her Instagram because the internet found out <laughs> that her new husband, um, Jacob Legrone, okay, was had been indicted for firing a gun at three police officers earlier this year. He was not supposed to leave the country, mind you. He was awaiting trial. You can't leave the like <laughs> yes. So and this is all alleged. I mean, I guess it's not like alleged if it literally is in like police documents. But anyways, he is awaiting trial. He could face a life sentence in prison. Mm-hmm. They, the police offered. This is just to show you the seriousness of the allegations okay. of what happened. They offered him a plea deal for 25 years. A plea deal is like, we'll go easy on yeah. you. 25 years was his plea deal. So he was allowed to leave. or He wasn't allowed, but he left the country not only left the state, went to France for like an extended period of time. Someone said just as quickly as she appeared, she disappeared. <laughs> uh, but this is where also it gets into the intersectional layers of like, okay. it kind of reminds me of the Anna Delvey situation, if you guys know that, where like, again, like the punishment for white people is never the same. Could you imagine if like a black man fired at police officers and then Oh, yeah. would not even make it to a trial would also not be allowed to leave the country and go to France for a week. That would not happen. I mean, there's like so many layers to how bad the story is. Yeah. Also like, let's talk about if you have $60 million to spend, maybe use it on some lawyers. Yeah. Like maybe what he is- did though. He probably <laughs> did though. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's how he got away with it. But my thing is like, I'm pretty sure like what happens in these situations is there's like a, a parole officer that can just like show up to your house and you have to like be home. But like he was literally in France. So like, <laughs> I mean, that's just bonkers. And also it's rich people. Yeah. With everything. It just shows like also the privilege that certain people have. And oh it, yeah. I mean, I, do, I don't think it, it's pretty likely a POC person wouldn't even survive shooting. Exactly. Right. That's what <laughs> like, I'm saying. Like, yeah. and then let alone become like a right. TikTok influencer right. for a fancy wedding in Europe. And the reason I brought up Anna Delvey is for anyone who doesn't know, it was like, I remember the day that the story broke, I was laying in my college bed and I was reading this like really fascinating thing. It was like refinery 29 or something, but it was about this girl who lied to everyone in New York city and said she was like a Russian oligarch and like put like so much money on like hotels and restaurant bills and like got all these donors for like an art thing that she wanted to open and didn't pay any of the bills, like would make her friends like put their credit cards down and then like their friends would like, 
have their card max out the next day, like 30 K. And they're like, wait, what? Like, would you use my card on? So she was in prison, was let out and is on like, she's um, like when they have the ankle monitor, like she's like in an apartment in Brooklyn, <laughs> yeah. but she's doing magazine cover shoots. They did like a runway show. Like one of like the fashion houses did a runway show in her apartment. So she could like be a part of it, but she couldn't leave the apartment. So they literally had photographers in a runway show in her apartment. Okay. But I'm like, could you imagine if a POC yeah. person did that? Yeah. They wouldn't even like what? Like it's just so crazy to me. This like celebrative celebrityification of like white criminals Martha and like Stewart, the romanticizing of them. Example. Who? Martha Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Is another great example. So, anyways, we will end there. <laughs> but those were just some moments that made me question like 2023. Like I did not expect that from you. Dude, and I next year has to be even crazier, right? I know. Like it's it seems like we're the wheel keeps the wheel faster is, of chaos. Is, yeah, the wheel of chaos is is increasing in velocity. But I'm so excited to make our official bingo cards. Also, we're gonna leave links to them in the next mm -hmm. episode so you guys can like download and like make your own 2024 bingo card. Um, but I I can't wait. I think this I'm also excited for a little two-parter. I know it'll be our first like part one, part two. So let us know in the comments what moments you think we missed of the crazy of 2023 what moments like you just like the one thing I mentioned in the intro was just like the nipple bra, which was like Kim Kardashian selling the bra with like the boobs on the outside. I, love that. I loved it. I know those were moments too, that we didn't touch on here because it wasn't a ton of discussion, but I'd love to know if you guys have comments. Um, and just giving us a review to the podcast. Helps Please. Us we we are, have 90 something reviews on yeah. Spotify. We want a hundred. We want a hundred. Thank you guys. Please. And don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next yeah. week.